Science and Answers. The term fake news is quite popular right now. So how can we determine what is the real news from the fake or exaggerated media we get? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on Evidence and Answers, we will listen to a breakout session taken from the 2017 Apologetics Conference held in Hawaii. Each year, Pat hosts this conference and brings out the best scholars, teachers and authors to share in teaching and equipping you, the believer, to be able to share your faith effectively in our culture today. The theme was demolishing strongholds of unbelief. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Listen as Pat Zucran presents part one of his message entitled, Discerning Fake and Fact in the News Media. Recently, President Trump declared that the fake news to be the enemy of the American people. So you're hearing a lot about bias in the media today. And one of the most popular and powerful forms of communication today is indeed the news media. So news media can persuasively communicate ideas and affect one's perception of the world and influence one's thinking. News reporting has changed since the days of Walter Cronkite when people trusted the news media for reliable and accurate information. But in recent years, maybe starting about two decades ago, millions of Americans are losing trust in the mainstream news media. Many Americans are beginning to recognize Hey, that there is some kind of bias in the news media. From 1979 to 1980, studies were done, and it was discovered 75% of all TV sets were on the major news stream medias of ABC, CBS, and NBC. But 21 years later, in 2001, the share of the audience watching the major network's news has sunk from 75% all the way down to 43%. The news media's goal was once to report the news in a fair and objective manner so as not to influence people's thinking. But today, it's apparent there's an agenda to actually influence the thinking of the culture in the mainstream press. And President Donald Trump has declared fake news is indeed the enemy of the people. Now, bias in the news is about what they report, how they report it, and what they choose to report. That's what we mean when we talk about bias in the news media. Throughout life, Christians are called to practice discernment. All right, we're all about discovering truth and living according to truth. And discernment is one of the valuable assets every Christian must have. Proverbs 14.8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. So throughout life, we're going to be receiving all kinds of deceptive messages from various arenas. So the Christian must practice wisdom to discern truth from error in all areas, okay? even 
when it comes to news media. Proverbs 16, the wise of heart is called discerning and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Okay, the wise of heart is called discerning. So wisdom and discernment are often used interchangeably in the Bible, especially in the Proverbs. Proverbs 17, the discerning set his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. Here's an interesting proverb, and it applies especially when it comes to discerning media bias. The one who states his case first seems right until the other cross-examines him. And we've learned that in life, right? Someone may say something. You're all ready to take action as to what this person accuses another of. But then when you hear the other side, you go, oh, wait a minute wait a minute, there's a whole nother story here. And you have to figure out who's telling the truth. And that's what a wise person does, right? He doesn't just listen to one side of the story. If you're a businessman and you're saying, hey, this worker ripped me off. Well, you don't say, oh, I'm going to fire that guy then, right? No, you go to the worker and say, what happened here? And you hear his side and you got to figure out where the truth is, okay? You got to use wisdom and discernment there. Same thing with the news media, Something may sound convincing when it first comes on. And with these powerful images that we see, it's pretty convincing until it's cross-examined and you hear the other side. So that's a very relevant proverb for us. Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is. So we're constantly called to discern truth from error. And especially when it comes to news media, okay, more than ever now we're realizing we have to practice discernment here because we're learning there's a definite bias in the news media. Bias in the news media, what we mean is this. It's about what they report, how they report it, and what they choose not to report. Okay, What we mean by bias in the media? Now, the mainstream news media is still a powerful, powerful force of influence in the culture. Although the percentage of people watching the mainstream news media and reading mainstream outlets like the New York Times and the Washington Times and others, they're still one of the most powerful, influential forces in the culture today. A recent Pew Research poll show that most Americans prefer to get their news from the mainstream television media, 57%. Okay, so over half of Americans get their news information from television, the mainstream news. 33% get their news online. 25% from radio. Hey, radio. And 20% from the newspaper. So the majority get their information from the television. And still, by far, 25 million Americans watch mainstream news, NBC, CBS, or ABC. So the vast majority of people who watch the television news watch the major mainstream news media. Cable news is growing, all right? Fox News is the number one cable news station, with an audience of about 2.5 million viewers. They come from a conservative slant. They're followed by CNN and MSNBC, which ranks third. 
So those are the major news outlets on TV. But by and far, people are still watching the mainstream media. Now, it's important. Is freedom of the press important? Absolutely. Okay? It's foundational for a free society. In fact, the First Amendment states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. So freedom of the press is foundational to a society because people in a free society need to be able to hold government leaders and other leaders of society accountable. And in order to do that, we've got to have a free press that can report things, even if it's against the government or unfavorable towards those in leadership without fear of being persecuted. And it allows us to hold our leaders accountable. However, you can't have a free country without a free press. But what isn't said nearly enough is that you can't have it without also a fair and accurate press either. At least not in the long run, as what Bernard Goldberg says. So you've got to have a press that is fair, that is going to report the news accurately, as objectively as possible, so that we've got the information to make our decisions. So to be able to respect the press is absolutely key as well. And that's what we want. But the press also has to be held accountable as well. Now, one of the things in understanding mainstream media news is you got to understand the culture of the mainstream media. And one of the things that we have discovered, studies and studies and studies have done this, is that the vast, vast majority vast majority of the mainstream press, yay, the major networks and the major newspapers have a strong left-wing bias. Why is that? Well, because most of the journalists, and it's not even close, it's not even close to 50-50, are of that particular persuasion. A recent study of news reporters done by the researchers from UCLA and the University of Missouri concluded one of the results show a strong liberal bias. All of the news outlets we examine, except Fox News, Special Report, and the Washington Times, receive scores to the left of the average member of Congress. Okay? CBS Evening News and the New York Times receive scores far to the left of center. One of the best and most famous studies was done by professors Robert Lichter and Stanley Rothman, who published their work, the journal Public Opinion. They studied about 240 editors of the major presses, the New York Times, Washington Post, Time, Newsweek, and the major TV outlets, ABC, NBC, CBS, and on. And they revealed the following. 54% said they were politically liberal, and only 19% said they were conservative. 86% seldom or never attend religious services, and 50% have no religious affiliation whatsoever. On moral issues such as adultery, only 15% felt it was wrong, 90% were pro-abortion, 
and only 24% believed homosexuality was sin. Another significant study was conducted by the Freedom Forum and the Roper Center. They surveyed of 139 bureau chiefs and congressional correspondents and showed a decided preference for liberal candidates and liberal causes. The journalists were asked who they voted for in the 92 election. 90% voted Democrat, 7%, only 7% Republican. Another question was asked, what is your current political affiliation? 50% said they were Democrats. Only 4% said they were Republican. In answer to the question, how do you characterize your political orientation? 61% said that they were liberal or moderately liberal. And only 9% said they were conservative or even moderately conservative. Okay, so in the world of the media elites of the primetime news, Democrats outnumber the Republicans almost 12 to 1. I'm going to say here, and most of the reports and research that uh, I've read from the people on the inside are saying there is really no left-wing conspiracy here. Okay, a conspiracy amongst all these journalists and some kind of underground conspiracy here. Many reporters are trying to provide objective news, but it's very hard for them to be completely neutral okay, and set aside their biases and their agendas. Many in the news world are surrounded by the liberal culture and their colleagues. It seems like you know, conservatives like go serve, you know, military business for some reason. And it seems that type seems to like that field more for some reason. But because they're surrounded by their colleagues who think like that and they're inculcated in their culture, for many of them, they feel that's the normal American perspective. You know, when I was uh, in North Dallas, that's a very conservative area. I didn't realize, but suddenly I began thinking that, you know, conservatism was kind of the norm. But when I travel outside the country and I talk about Bush, I almost started a riot, you know? And I was like, oh, oh man, I forgot I'm not in North Dallas kind of thing, all right? So that's pretty much why they're reporting the way they're reporting, okay? Liberal journalists may indeed try to keep their biases in check, but uh, mainly because many don't realize, okay, their liberal views. They think they're thinking like the normal popular American. Terry Eastland stated this, okay, observed in his study on the collapse of the mainstream media. He, he did, as a journalist, extensive research as to why people were leaving the mainstream media and viewing other news outlets. And he says, the most influential journalists understood that news is rarely news in a sense of being undisputed facts about people or policy, but news in the sense that it's a product made by reporters, editors, and producers. Those who define and present the news have a certain power since the news can set a public agenda, and they weren't shy about exercising this power. So there's definitely a liberal slant in the mainstream news media because most of the journalists and reporters have that kind of slant and they're viewing it life through those glasses. Now, how is bias seen in the news media? Well, there's several ways, okay? And 
you folks practice detecting bias in teaching or even in your kids if they're reporting on one another. You guys recognize this, even though you may not be able to identify exactly how you're picking it up. But bias is seen in the language. People can be influenced by the use of positive or negative with certain connotations. People can also be influenced by the tone that a newscaster uses when saying certain words. Abortionists are pro-choice. There you go, pro-choice. Who doesn't want to be pro-choice? Who doesn't want to be? Evangelical Christians are called what? Fundamentalist. Radical Muslims are called fundamentalists. Radical Muslim fundamentalists, evangelical Christian fundamentalists. What's the public thinking? Same, 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 right? These guys are dangerous. Guess what? These evangelicals are just as dangerous, okay? When I was being interviewed by a reporter for the Dallas Morning News, you know, we were talking and she said, I don't have a problem with religion. I have a problem with fundamentalists. You know, she says, fundamentalism is deadly. And I said, whoa, hang on here. I said, there's a big difference. And there's no moral equivalency here. There's a big difference between Muslim fundamentalists and a Christian fundamentalist. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, Muslim fundamentalist interprets the Quran literally and imitates the life of Muhammad very closely. That's his desire. Okay. What does the Quran teach in the way you treat unbelievers? Chapter nine of the Quran, right? Fight and slay the pagans wherever you find them, right? Lie in wait. Jihad. Jihad is a military war. How did Muhammad treat unbelievers? Killed them. He fought in 30 wars. He made a living attacking caravans. He slaughtered, he assassinated those who criticized him. So a fundamentalist Muslim wants to live like Muhammad. Okay, so if you're going to live like Muhammad and you're going to live out the teaching of the Quran, what do you get? ISIS. You get the Taliban. Okay, just read the biography of Muhammad. All right, that's what you get. Now, that's what a fundamentalist Muslim wants. A fundamentalist Christian interprets the Bible literally and wants to live closely like Jesus. How did Jesus live? What did he teach? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. What did Jesus do? He died on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. That's what a fundamentalist or evangelical Christian, that's what he wants to do. Two are completely different. Okay, now you may use the same term and it'd be a negative thing, but the two are teaching very different things. So bias can be seen in the language that's used. Second, it's something called setting the agenda, all right? Setting the agenda. It's the inclusion of favored stories and the exclusion of unfavorable stories and ignore those that don't, okay? Favorable stories receive exclusive or extensive coverage while other stories receive very little, if any, coverage. Story that the media wants will be on the front page, and stories they don't really like may end up somewhere in the back. For example, how many of you know that uh, Hawaii is the first state to pass a bill declaring September 24th Islam Day in Hawaii? Hey, a few of you. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know how I found out about it? I was living in Dallas, and news reporters and radio stations were calling me, saying, what's going on in Hawaii? Because a lot of them knew I was from Hawaii. And I said, I don't know what's going on. They said, oh, your, first, your state declared September 24th, Islam Day. So I went to the Star Advertiser and I said, this has got to be on the front page. This is huge. September 11th, two weeks later is Islam Day. Wow. 
This is, I went to the front page. I never saw it. I had to go like page 16. And finally, there was a small little article, Willis Perro, okay, a representative, I think, from Waipahu, passed the bill that September 24th is Islam Day in Hawaii. So we're the first state to have Islam Day. We didn't know that, huh? That should have been on the front page. That's huge. It, should, it was on page 16 or page 13. No, no, that's about 2011, 2008. Yeah, it was several, it's been several years now. Oh, no, it can't be 2011 because I was still living in Dallas. So it was prior to 2010. But what is that? Well, that's what we call setting the agenda. Next, placement. So the front page or the top story or the highlighted stories. So when they do that, the public perceives that as more important. So they place stories that are more important to them that they want the public to pay attention to. Next, we have interviewing. Reporters may interview only people they agree with. So one of the things I give you know, Fox News credit for is often they'll have opposing sides. They'll kind of let them go at. Then the other news, finally, CNN and everyone started doing that as well. And that's pretty good. Okay. If they interview a person from the other side, though, sometimes they will repeatedly ask questions until they, you know, get the clip they want or some interview someone who's on the other side, who's a kook, you know, you know, one of the things we were complaining about before, you know, conservative news came on the scene is that whenever they were interviewing the Christians, who they're interviewing? I mean, they're interviewing the kooky guys, right? And stuff, these kooky, uh, some of them, not all of them, some of the kooky TV evangelists and stuff. And we're going, why aren't they interviewing Greg Coco? He's an expert in that arena. Why aren't they interviewing William Lane Craig, Norm Guy, Lee Strobel? Why don't they interview these guys? He's got best-selling authors. They've got graduate degrees. I was interviewing these kooky guys. Christians look so kooky when, you know, you got this guy with the makeup on and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Why can't they pick one of the top Christian spokesmen here in these arenas? So interviewing who they inter if they interview the other side, because of Proverbs 18, right? Story seems right until someone comes and presents the other side or cross-examines them. Skewing the facts, skewing the facts, or what we call this cherry picking, only picking facts that favor you. So it's a technique of selectively emphasizing the facts that support the journalist's point of view, while either discounting or leaving out facts that run counter to that point of view, skewing the facts. Then we have something called skewering the facts, where journalists misrepresents the information and or presents faulty conclusions as an established fact. Okay, so those are some of the ways that you can see and detect bias in the news media. Now, let's go through some examples here. Global warming. We hear global, a lot about global warming, okay, that it's one of the greatest crises that we face, that mankind faces today. Well, since its declaration, what's happened? Yeah, it's gotten cold, as you can see, even here in Hawaii. And if you look on the mainland, you call your mainland friends, what are they facing? They're freezing over there. All right. And our friends in California, what's happening to them? They're getting flooded out. All right. It's no longer called global warming. What's it called now? Climate change. They're going to change. Climate change, but still a crisis. Well, any challenge to global warming and what? You're labeled an anti-environment guy or a tool of big tobacco 
and big oil companies or something, you're immediately shut down. Okay, you're immediately shut down. One of the things that we're not being presented with, okay, what geologists and other scientists are saying is that the earth goes through warming and cooling cycles. Before the ice age, we were going through warming cycles. Greenland was once green. But then after the ice age, which lasted about 400 years, it went through a cooling cycle. So the earth goes through warming and cooling cycles. Most of the temperatures that reveal a trend towards warming have been measured from what we call ground stations. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be of a great value to you, would you please consider partnering with us? Evidence and Answers relies on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, additional audio, and Pat's books. So be sure to share this website with your family, your friends, and your church. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Oh, 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 oh,